0: Welcome to the High Performance Nursing Podcast, where we seek to coach, educate, and inspire nurses globally to achieve their high performance potential. Learn from influential clinicians having curious conversations to help you navigate your unique high performance nursing career path. Join me, your host, Liam Caswell, nursepreneur, coach, and mentor, as we explore how you can create a balanced, high performance nursing career. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of High Performance Nursing. I am absolutely so thrilled and excited today to have an amazing guest on with us. This is a full circle moment for me because I I was (laughs) first time on podcast was on The Happy Nurse. You may have guessed it's Elena Mullery. Elena, hello and welcome. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Hi, Liam. It's lovely to be on and yeah, it's surreal to be on the other side. I don't often do Um, interviews for other podcasts. So thank you for having me on.
0: Oh, thank you. And I'm feeling the pressure. I hope my
1: questions... (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: it's just a chat. I just keep telling myself it's just a chat. So Elena, for those of you that don't know Elena, Elena Mallory is an RN that studied initially at the Robin Gordon University back home in Scotland, Aberdeen. She spent the first 10 years of her career in Scotland before moving to Perth, Australia in 2010. Elena's experience spans across orthopedic trauma, the operating room endoscopy recovery and day surgery. Elena has first-hand experience of stress and burnout. Uh, It was this experience which led her to develop a passion for personal development and we share that common thread there. She has a diploma in mindfulness and meditation, is a certified hypnotherapist and a certified NLP practitioner. It is Elena's mission to reduce burnout in nursing, uh, Elena achieves this by promoting self compassion to her nursing colleagues via coaching, podcasts, media appearances, and webinars, and most recently as a co author in a book which we'll unpack. She is available for consultation in the corporate sector as well and is a sought after speaker for nursing and medical seminars. Oh my goodness, so much, which is so good, it's so <laughs> awesome.
1: It's so funny hearing someone say all that. I'm thinking, is that me? <laughs> yeah, don't let the imposter syndrome creep in, No, we
0: kick it out. <laughs> we kick it out. Oh, look, what an amazing career today. As you know, in the High Performance Nursing Podcast, we I created this space, like yourself, to talk about what I felt was the unspoken. is about finding out how people get to the, this point in their career and um, so that others can learn from them and, and, and kind of create their own path. So are you happy to share with us like, what it's taken to get to this point in your career so far and what your kind of key learnings have been on the journey?
1: Yeah, I'd love to share my journey. It begins, oh gosh, back in Scotland when I, I had two episodes of burnout within a few years. I didn't learn the first time and I went back there a second. And it was after the second episode, I found myself with a therapist because I realized that I had to get some external help with what was going on with my mental health. It was also following the death of my mum and my brother in quick succession in two separate road traffic accidents. So there was a whole lot going on there. And the therapist introduced me to cognitive behavioral therapy. And that just ignited this passion for personal development because I realized how, much our thoughts can impact on our daily lives and just the mere process of kind of self-reflection and self-awareness and the power that brings into your everyday life so yeah that's what started the passion that was a long time ago now and yeah my career I had 10 years in Aberdeen and then my now ex-husband's oil and gas. So we moved to Perth in 2010. And yeah, I've been here, gosh, it's 11 years now. Hmm. I've worked in theatres most of my career or endoscopy or day surgery, some kind of theatre-ish stuff. You find me now in Paku, that's where I hang out. It's my second home, I call it. It's my happy place <laughs> when it comes to my clinical role. And yeah. I pursued that passion of personal development and went on to study all those different amazing modalities you just spoke about, Liam. Mm. And that's kind of where the happiness was born, because my youngest son, gosh, he's nearly nine. But whilst I was on maternity leave with him, I took extended maternity leave because I had a oil and gas husband who worked away and like families all in scotland so Mm. having young children i decided to take a couple of years out and that's when i studied mindfulness and meditation and hypnotherapy and i then started just coaching on the side and and then i decided it was time to go back to nursing my marriage was kind of coming to an end and i realized i needed a more stable income as a Mm. single mom so I went back to work where I currently still work and when I went in I could see some of my colleagues were were a bit stressed and it wasn't so much that it's a stressful place to work it's just you know life was impacting on them we do have really busy crazy days and they would come and ask me for advice because they're like, how are you all so, all so chilled, Elena? You know, and they're like, you're going through a divorce too and you're taking it all in your stride. And I was like, well, I'm just drawing on all these coaching tools that mm-hmm. I know. And I started offering them bits of advice and then they encouraged me to start teaching it to nurses. So I put on a workshop oh, a couple of years ago now here in Perth and that's where the happy nurse was born. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: That's so amazing. I love, there's a few things I want to pick up on there.
1: Yeah. Is,
0: you know, when, because I also have gone through cognitive behavioral therapy and continue to engage with my therapist around that because I just find it fascinating. And it's amazing because I don't know about you, but I go through it and I can see it in the moment and I have that aha moment. Then I step outside of that consult room and I'm like, oh my goodness, putting this into practice is so much harder than just sitting there and understanding it. Is that something that you've found?
1: Yeah, definitely. But I think it's that awareness, knowing that what's triggering you or what's motivating you. And it's giving you the power to then be able to do something about it and recognize it when it is coming up and Mm. starting to play out.
0: Mm. And I think, you know, I've found that awareness can sometimes be really, really frustrating because in the moment you're looking at yourself and you're going, no, I know that I shouldn't be doing this but my inner saboteur wants to take me to that place. And you have this, you know, that left and right shoulder argument between the good and the bad. And sometimes I'm like, damn it, I wish I didn't know how I should respond in this situation. But it is powerful, you're right. And, you know, I, f- I feel like that's kind of when people have that transformation in themselves is that they, s- they start to unpack the layers. And as our good old friend Brene would say, we start to unlearn and we start to relearn all of those programs and systems that we've kind of grew up with or that we've come across and we've picked up. And then we go, well, no, actually, that's not right. And we take it down a different path.
1: When I go into that space, I think the mindfulness comes into play with me as well with and all that training because I then think no I'm going to allow myself to feel how I'm feeling right now and treat myself with compassion and be present in that moment Mm. and then you can kind of look at it externally when you come through that lens
0: yeah I Yeah, that's definitely um, an area that I'm working on um, is that compassionate, that being kind to yourself and compassion. Um, and I guess that's something that we see play out in healthcare day to day among our nursing colleagues, not even just nurses our physios or doctors, but we are particularly focusing on nurses, is that we, you know, oh, I made a mistake, I stuffed up, I'm terrible, I'm a crappy nurse, or, you know, I'm never going to be able to get this concept because I'm silly and I can't do this. You know, we hear these kind of self-limiting beliefs day in, day out. And people look at me when I'm trying to reframe it for them in the moment. And they go, what are you drinking, Liam? Like, what's going on here? (laughs) Do you know? Like, no, you're not busy. You're productive. You're achieving things. It's great. And they're like, "Uh uh-uh, don't sugarcoat it. (laughs) (laughs) Jenna, you know, but how do we, from your experience and all of these coaching tools that you've acquired, how do we bring more of that to the nursing profession? I know you're doing that through workshops, but Jenna, you know, how can that, what, how does that play out day to day in the nursing profession?
1: I think it comes down to that compassion element. Like we've got to be our own best friends because that inner critic is very loud. And it is, it's like mm-hmm. you said, you know, it's like you've got two voices on each shoulder, You've got to make the best friend's voice more powerful than the, the critic. And I, there's an amazing coaching tool that I use. And this came out uh, when the email wasn't invented. I don't know if it was invented, but when it first became popular back in mm. the late 90s, and it's an acronym called Think. And if any of you follow me on social media, mm. you'll see that I share this regularly. So The way I unpack is when that inner critic starts to really ramp up, run it through the THINK acronym. You know, is what you're saying true? Is Mm, it helpful? mm. Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? And you'll usually find if if it's the inner saboteur, it's not any of them, so it's not worth listening to.
0: Mm, I love that. Think such a good tool and so quick and easy for people to process yeah. that information. Yeah. I think, you know, there is, I, I need to stay away from the invisible army and in saying we, I'm very good at saying as nurses, we, you know, as, a, as if I talk for the whole population of nurses.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was one insight from Brene Brown's course was very much that I use the invisible army all the time, but we, I nearly said it again, I need to, you know, look at what what simple strategies we can use in the workplace with our, our colleagues and peers on a day-to-day basis to help each other through these moments of, you know, adversity, challenge, discomfort within the workplace. Because as nurses, frontline nurses, we experience the vast array of uh, issues and challenges um, on the front line. So I think there's a huge gap that happiness is filling in that space, you know, as you chip away at, at the industry and start showing people that there's actually different routes that you can take. And by stepping out of the traditional nursing education path, you, there's I more. I most
1: definitely have,
0: yes. Yeah, but there's, there's more, there's more to um, nursing than just that three-year degree that teaches you theory and some clinical skills. Nowhere in that course does anybody teach you how to manage your thoughts, how to process difficult conversations, how to not how to deal with conflict. What would be your kind of take on that?
1: Oh, I completely agree, Liam. And I think, you know, with compassion fatigue, vicarious trauma, all these things on the rise, it's blatantly obvious to me that these skills are so desperately needed because we need to be able to process these traumatic events that we are witnessing on a daily basis, especially those on the front lines. It's, it's a full-on job and it's an emotional drain. So mm-hmm. if we don't have the tools to process what we're witnessing, then we're going to end up with compassion fatigue or vicarious trauma. It's just, it predisposes us to it. And mm. that's why burnout is at the rate it is. Mm. Mm.
0: And, you know, talking about burnout and, and making sure we have those tools, I, was, I recently interviewed Dr. Bhushan Joshi from, uh, he's a doctor here in Sydney. He's an NLP master prac and he loves NLP. And it was just so insightful for me to see, again, somebody at his level within a department running an ED, on a night shift, bringing in all of those tools, those coaching, NLP, and um, mindfulness tools into his practice within one of the busiest DDs probably in Sydney, and sharing that with his team. You know, that talking makes me about, so
1: happy to hear like, that that's happened. It just
0: was so inspirational hearing that, like the work that you're doing, Janet. Do you know, it just made me go, wow, like, Imagine if we could bring this to the masses. Imagine if we could bring this to the to the nursing population, the five hundred thousand nurses we have in this country, the impact it would have on the nurse, but also the patient outcomes and the culture within healthcare.
1: Yeah, it could revolutionize the whole the whole thing.
0: Mm, mm, it would be absolutely amazing. I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about burnout because I know that you have done a lot of work in this space and it's primarily one of the key things that you're trying to bring to light and you're doing you know, amazing work in that space. Um, tell us a bit more about burnout and the happy nurse and, and maybe you you know, you it your five stages of, of burnout or the happiness.
1: Oh yeah. My, um the journey from yes. being a happy nurse to a burnout nurse. So yeah, I, when I first started teaching self-care, I called it back then, I call it self-compassion, but when I first started kind of venturing into the happiness realm, I realised really quickly that nurses couldn't really identify what was going on or where they were in relation to being burnt out. So I broke it down into like five stages. So we go from being... Well, the happiness where we're Mm. you know we're engaged in our work, we're motivated, we're self-aware, we're aligned with our values, we've got that compassion for ourselves and others. And we go through five stages, which are um I could say cruising along comes after happiness because we're we're quite happy, but we're not quite feeling like we're reaching our full potential or being of contribution. There's something just there's a little bit missing you know and then we come down from cruising along to overwhelm and that's when Mm -hmm. things start to get on top of us and we're kind of maybe being a bit more reactive than we usually would be we may be letting that inner critic get a bit louder than it normally is you know the compassion for ourselves is starting to fade and we start to get feel like things are getting on top of us and i see that as the tipping point if we can recognize when we hit overwhelm we can avoid going to the next two stages mm. like it's key recognizing where you are and a few simple strategies at the burnout stage can take you back up towards cruising along and ha- being a happy nurse but if we don't recognize it we're heading to what i call stressed out where Things are really starting to escalate we're we 're becoming really reactive. We start to disengage we where the inner critic is going crazy in our minds we 're letting our boundaries be pushed you know we 're looking for that external validation we're we 're people pleasing and it just all starts to snowball and we just start to feel like we 're losing control and then when we hit burnout it 's just like. We feel like we're not being a contribution. We we give up, you know, we're not so much give up, but we feel defeated. I think that's mm. probably a better phase. And we just were in a really kind of dark place. And you start, you're doing things out of fear and guilt and obligation, and you're not doing stuff for yourself. You know, you're you're being the ultimate people pleaser. And you just can't keep going like that. You mm. know, it's i've been there twice, and it's a horrible place to be and I think that's why I'm so passionate about helping people avoid that trap i don't want them to go down that rabbit hole because it's not a nice place to be in mm,
0: mm. I'm interested to hear your theory or what you, what you think kind of under underpins the whole the disconnect between nurses being able to identify where they sit within the kind of burnout or the self-care, self-compassion. What do you think is kind of underlying that? I have a theory, but I'm interested to hear yours.
1: I think burnout's a sneaky bugger and it sneaks up on us. And if we don't realise we're heading that way, we can get very close to it and then be like oh shit how did I end up here you know and it's all got too much at that point Mm. that's why I go on about the overwhelm stage and how it's key to recognize when you're hitting that particular stage Mm. because that's where you can make slight changes and you can start to head back up the scale Mm. but I also think (sighs) there's a whole host of different things that go on in nursing too you know we we go into the profession because we we're compassionate people you know we're we want to help others and I think a lot of the time we maybe we we want to be a contribution you know it's one of these Mm. big drivers in life if we're not growing and contributing we feel like we're we're not fulfilling ourselves and our potential so it's all got a bit of a knock-on effect Mm. and I think there's kind of almost a martyrdom can come into it you know where it's like i'll just do it myself rather than asking for help because there's and there's also i think there's beliefs out there that it's a sign of weakness if you're feeling stressed you know Mm -hmm. i think as nurses we witness the extremes of people who are suffering with mental health conditions and we tend to compare ourselves to them and think oh well I'm not as bad as them so I can't be doing that badly whereas Mm -hmm. it's all relative to the individual and how you're feeling you know so I think yeah that's why I created this tool to help nurses
0: Mm -hmm. almost
1: assess where they're sitting on that scale so that they can make some changes.
0: I completely agree. I think from my experiences, I feel like, you know, I graduated when I was 19. So I joined the workforce as a registered nurse at 19 and I didn't have a good understanding of myself. I knew that I wanted to help people and I had that burning desire, but it wasn't until I went through the first burnout where like yourself, I was like, I'm fine, I'll get on with this. And I didn't realize what it was. And then the second time it hit me like a ton of bricks. And, and it, when I unpacked that, I realized that I actually just didn't know that much about myself. I didn't have a good insight or understanding of who I was, who I wanted to be, what my boundaries were, what I valued in life, because I'd kind of gone into this really early. And people might not go into it as early as I did, but a lot of people do still come into nursing really early in their life. And we're super grateful for you guys listening that are coming in. Please come and join us in the profession. But I think that there's a big gap there within the training system and then within the workforce where we're not really pushed or encouraged to find what makes you uniquely you or what makes you the individual that you are and what you bring to the team. Rather, it's kind of like, well, you're a nurse and, here you go and here's your patient loads and then people are constantly crossing the boundaries that you didn't know that you had and it all kind of contributes to that end state of potentially being burnt out
1: yeah i completely agree like you i qualified at 20 like Mm. months after my 20th birthday so i was the same and yet i didn't have a clue who i was And I just lost my mom. I lost my mom during my training, you know, when she was a nurse as well. So it was like I was also grieving the loss of my mom. Mm. And I went into work. I've spoke about this recently on my own podcast. I went to work, not even thinking about it, in orthopedic trauma, where we get all the road traffic accident patients Mm. from. And I'm Mm. thinking, what's going on here? Why am I not coping but it was because it was like making me remember about my Mm. mom you Mm. know it was triggering me constantly but i had no awareness back then of Mm. what was going on in my subconscious so yeah it's i think it's so important what you said you know Mm. understanding our values knowing where our boundaries are just getting to know ourselves properly Mm. Mm. is key To having a long and healthy career as a nurse because until you know that about yourself you're gonna get i don't want to say pushed around but you're gonna let your boundaries get pushed and Mm. you could end up in a position that's not aligned with your values so Mm. then you you feel like you're fighting against the grain and yeah you just you're not happy and fulfilled Mm.
0: I, I can completely relate to that. And I, I, I think that I've probably only in the last few years really stopped and went, what is it I actually value in a role? What are my strengths and skill sets? And what am I really passionate about that I must have in this next role that I take? And the roles that I've been completely misaligned with, like I loved being a unit manager But oh my goodness, that was so conflicting for me because I love investing in people, but then I would have to sit there and then have a difficult conversation with a staff member and look at data and all of that kind of stuff. And that wasn't my skill set. So I think that there's a gap there for nurses to be able to do that deeper in our work, whether that's through a therapist or a counsellor or a coach or a mentor. I think there is a huge gap there and and, and that will allow us to strengthen the workforce because then people will know where they sit and where they potentially will add value rather than just doing something because they think they need to do it.
1: And I think also the knock-on impact of that is huge because we've got this toxic cultural problem in nursing you know I'm going Mm -hmm. to talk about the elephant in Mm -hmm. the room and Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. nurses eating their young nonsense that goes on and I think if people were aware of their values and their boundaries, and were just a bit more self-aware, it would kill the culture. Yeah. Like pretty quickly. I can't get my mm. words like this morning. Mm. But mm. Yeah, you know, it's it's something that I think would would have a huge impact on the whole profession.
0: Mm, mm, definitely. This episode of the High Performance Nursing Podcast is sponsored by, yours truly, Liam Caswell. If you're a nurse that's looking for coaching, whether that be CV coaching, interview coaching, writing that damn selection criteria, or maybe you're looking to take the next step in your career and you don't know where to start. Since August 2020, I've helped over 70 nurses land and achieve their dream nursing roles. Why wait any longer? You can find out more about my coaching programs at liamcaswell.com. Is this something that you, th- you can kind of offer to nurses listening that you have maybe experienced or done yourself that helped you get to that point where you, you know, had a deeper sense of self or maybe just a practice that, like a self-care, compassion practice that you think nurses could be doing more of that would help influence positively within their own life, their patient's care, and then the workforce in general?
1: Yeah, there's a few different things you can do. I mean, there's also, I broke it down into five different aspects, the self-care. So self-care, you know, often gets associated with bubble baths and day spas and all that. And I have realized that very quickly when I started teaching it. And I was like, no, 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 this is not what I want to teach. You know, how can I make this more kind of relatable to my colleagues? So I broke it down into the mental, emotional, the physical, the spiritual, and the indulgent aspects of self-care. So I think it's important when I'll break each one down, you know, the mental aspect is, is looking after that inner voice that's going on, like in a nutshell, there's so much more that I delve into in workshops Mm. and stuff with this, but That THINK acronym is really powerful when it comes to the mental Mm. self-care. The emotional self-care, a quick tip is watch your boundaries, you know, and even know what your boundaries are Mm. and realize that it's okay to say no. I think a lot of us, we feel like we can't say no, especially if we're taking extra shifts or an extra patient or... If it's going to mean we're saying no to ourselves by saying yes to someone else, mm. say no because yeah. we need to look after ourselves and our own mental health. Mm. It's so mm. important for us to be able to thrive and to be effective nurses.
0: Mm. The other thing there, just to, to jump in there, the other thing that I've been learning a lot about recently is, I don't know if you're familiar with Brooke Castillo. She's, uh, she runs a life coach school. It's a great podcast. Okay. Uh, she's amazing. And she is, uh, she's been a coach for decades in the US. And she teaches that you know, everything that you come across in life is a circumstance. It is, it's just something. It's a fact. It's, it's just there in front of you until you assign a feeling or a thought to it, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's a neutral circumstance. If you look at everything and it might sound a bit emotionally cold, but if you look at something that, you know, my manager just had a chat to me and it was just, it was a chat. It is a neutral chat. It's not like, oh, she's pissed with me or, oh my goodness, I'm going to get pulled into the office. You then have a bit more emotional regulation because you can look at it through a different kind of lens and go, okay, she had a chat to me. Great.
1: Yeah. Um, It's, The stories we associate to things that have the impact, Mm, not the actual mm. events themselves.
0: Exactly. It's the inner story that, yeah, exactly. It's what we assign to it immediately rather than actually just looking at it objectively.
1: It's that subconscious filing system that's in yes. there, you know, yep, yep. the history of generalization, distortion, and deletion that <laughs> we talk about in NLP. Yeah. You know, it's the process that our subconscious goes through every second of the day. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm. it's it is. It's the culmination of our life events that then yeah. assign these stories to events mm. that are happening, and they're all related to our past. I mean, mm. I do it myself, but. I'm aware of what I'm doing and I can, well, I'm not going to say I always do because I'm (laughs) I'm human, but you can start to recognize where you will probably assign stories. And when you feel yourself doing it, you're thinking, is this true or is this a story that I'm creating in my mind? Yeah,
0: yeah. or even better, if you've got a partner or somebody in the house that knows you really well, like my partner always says to me, So do you think that that's true or are you just telling yourself that and I'm like giving, you know, I'm giving a dirty look across the room?
1: (laughs) I'm the same. I I don't have a partner at the moment, but I've got a really good friend who's also a coach and I'm like, Michelle, is and she's like, Elena, are you going into the story? And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I think I am. So yeah, it's good to have someone to call you on it. And it's often like our colleagues, they are the ones that will recognise the quickest Mm -hmm. when we are kind of going down the path of stressed out, burnt out, because they'll see the change in us before we see it in ourselves. So Mm -hmm. having good relationships with our colleagues is very important as well. Mm.
0: And I think you talk about this a lot. You talk about, you know, um, care for yourself or treat yourself the way that you would treat others. Um, I don't say it as eloquently as you do, but, um, you know, it was a real moment for me this week in that Brene Brown course because we had to write a letter to a friend that was going through a difficult time. And then we had to rewrite the letter without using the friend's name. And then we had to put our own name into it. And it was really interesting because reading the first version, I went, oh my goodness, I'm here to support you. Gina, you're amazing. And I would, if I knew from the get-go that that was the task, to write for myself, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have done half of the things that I put in that list. And I would have gone to that more kind of negative, oh, you should have known better. You could have done this differently. Uh, it was really powerful because reading the second one, when I put my name in it, I thought, I'd, I need to change how I talk to myself. And I think a lot, a lot of us could probably take that on board, especially in those moments of chaos within the workplace.
1: That's an awesome um, exercise to do because so it is, it's so different. And that's why I say, you know, offer yourself the same compassion you so freely give to others. It's, mm. We're so good, especially as nurses. I'm jumping on this army of we, Luke, listen to me. I oh know,
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, for they <Bernay. laughs>
1: Um, but yeah you know and i know i have been guilty of it in the past and i still am sometimes i'm human but i i know these things and i can call myself out on it but it is offering ourselves that same level of compassion we would to our children or our partners or our patients because we tend to be really hard on ourselves
0: mm, mm-hmm Yeah. Preach. Yeah. I feel you, hear you, see you. I'm sure everybody listening feels the same way. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's hard in the moment, but once you start developing those self-awareness skills, like you say, and you start walking through and I like how you chunk them into your, you know, your physical, your mental, your emotional um, indulgence, looking at all of those key components allows you to kind of rationalize it and go, okay, what am I doing in each one of these to make sure that I'm I'm showing up as the best version of myself.
1: And a good way to actually start to dig down into that, to work out what the story is that's playing out, is to journal. You know, if you start Mm. writing how you're feeling in a journal, it becomes evident very quickly what the story is. And if you keep asking yourself questions about why you're feeling how you are while you're journaling, you will get to the bottom of the story and it's probably Mm. from some past event. It's Mm. a powerful tool. and When I start coaching someone, the first thing I get them to do is buy a journal because it's so powerful and I use it myself. You know, when I think I'm going into the story, after I've spoke to my friend, I'm like, right, Elena, sit down and write about this. Why are you feeling this way? And mm. stuff that's come out, you're like, whoa, where did that come from? And it's been something like that's happened way in the past. yeah. And you're now projecting it into the future and onto someone else or something else. So mm.
0: I think that's a real good lesson there. And that's something that as a health leader, I try and focus on is avoid the narrative and try and find the emotion in whatever somebody's saying to me. And that can apply to a nurse you know, on the floor working with patients. We will tell people these great big stories and we'll get caught up in the detail when actually what somebody is really trying to express to us is just emotion. Yeah. And they're just waiting for us to listen, you know, two ears, one mouth, which I'm really, really bad at, you know, more listening, less talking. I think maybe that's a Scottish thing. I don't know. <laughs> generalization like
1: a good chat don't we us scots but i think yeah a mindful listening that's something i learned in my mindfulness training it's Mm. listening to learn rather than listening to respond that's uh, i that's how i frame it up so what can i learn while i'm listening rather than thinking about how i can be responding and when you're doing the podcast sometimes it can be i'm like i'm really listening here and then they'll stop speaking and you're like oh yeah i have to speak now don't <laughs>
0: Don't tell people our secrets, Elena. <laughs> I feel you. I was just about to say, actually, that it's hard in this moment when you, you know, we're on this podcast and we're not. It's you know, we're trying to create content for people to learn and grow and develop, but also convey a message. The last thing you want to do is do that, you know, inarticulately, and then just completely go off track. So there's a bit of a balance there, which is a good skill set to develop. <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely. I think as nurses, we're very good at balancing multiple skill sets at once.
0: Yes, absolutely. I would love to take a bit of a move in a different direction and, and talk a little bit about your 2021 vision or your vision that you've created around reaching 1 million nurses. Tell us a bit about that and how you got to that point.
1: So I was doing my goal setting for this year at the end of last year I thought, I don't know what to do with Happy Nurse this year because, like, I launched the podcast last year during COVID because I realised I wouldn't be able to do face-to-face workshops. And being here in Western Australia, I got stood down because I work in elective theatre, and I thought, what can I do to help my nursing colleagues? You know, probably like yourself, Liam, I thought the NHS trained me. I felt like I needed to get Mm -hmm. on a plane and go back Mm -hmm. to Scotland. The guilt was massive. But then I thought, no, Lena, it's just a story. You know, your life's here. You've got two children. You can't go home to Scotland because goodness knows when you'll get back. So I thought, okay, I'll launch a podcast. And then that means I can share strategies to help them look after themselves while they're going through this traumatic event that COVID has thrust upon nurses mm-hmm. internationally. And the podcast took off much quicker than I thought it would and it has become what it is today. But at the start of the year I also did a Tony Robbins event and he's like the master NLP guy, you mm-hmm. know. Mm. And he was getting us to do goal setting and I thought, oh, what can I do? What can I do? And I thought, no, Alina, dream big, go for it. And I thought my goal is to reach one million nurses with the podcast. Mm. Hopefully by the end of the year. And so I set off on this mission to try and make this achievable. And everyone who I share it with wants to jump on board and share my message. Because at the end of the day, the podcast is a free resource. Any nurse can tap into any time, anywhere in the world. You know, there's mm. now... 42 episodes sitting there I think Mm. and each one's got about 40 minutes of content so there's hours and hours and hours of content with amazing people including yourself Liam thank you (laughs) um it's sitting there and I thought you know it's free they can access it whenever they want on any device practically because it's on all the the major platforms like Mm. your podcast is too and I just thought it's something I can share with the world. You know, I feel it's my need to feel like I'm making a contribution and I feel mm. like I am by doing it. And if I can help my nursing brothers and sisters out there who are on the front line facing COVID, then mm. Mm. it's, yeah, I just, I I feel like I'm helping them, making a difference. I don't mm. know. I, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's such an amazing goal and aspiration to have, and you know, you're you're so right. When you put things out there, you know, it's amazing how many people jump on boards and and help you push forward to to achieve that goal. So, absolutely amazing. And obviously, maybe I need to do a Tony Robbins workshop so that I can get some goal setting into my life. But goal setting in itself is a hugely valuable tool. That again is probably another strategy that nurses could be using to navigate their careers and and start unpacking what it is they want to do moving forward you know maybe with the self-care self-compassion is actually physically creating a goal around it I've found that within high performance nursing is that uh, working full-time and doing this on the side of the podcast it's you know it's, it's there's a lot happening and I'm starting to sit down and go okay I really need to be quite strategic with this again you know do what I say, tell other people to do, but maybe don't do so well myself. So I love, 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 love that goal um, of a million nurses and we'll help you Thank to get there. You. So guys, if you are um, listening, please definitely check out the Happy Nurse podcast. I uh, help Alina get to one million nurses. Mm.
1: Thank you. Yeah, share it with your
0: friends. <laughs> In wrapping up, I'd love to ask you a couple of kind of questions. A few of them you might... Notice, because I've stole them from Brene Brown, because I love, love, love these questions. Oh. I wanted to know your kind of take on the future of healthcare, the future of nursing. What, what is kind of? I know that's a big question, but what do you think are the main challenges? I mean, we've kind of talked about it, but what are the main challenges that you see that we need to be paying a lot of attention to in the next? five years
1: I, oh, there's lots of answers to this um <laughs> i think retaining nurses is a very important one to start with because we've got an aging population we need more nurses not mm-hmm. we shouldn't be losing the, the amazing ones we've already got mm-hmm. and that comes down to changing the culture yep. and you know this the concept of nurses going over and above their role description continuously you know if you look at the healthcare business model it's the most flawed business model in the world and it relies Mm -hmm. heavily on the goodwill of the staff
0: yeah
1: and on our weak spots and on us letting our boundaries being pushed so i think there has to be a huge shift in that as well Mm -hmm. so that we do feel like we're being valued as Mm -hmm. yeah as members of the team and i mean i mean last year you know the year of the nurse and the midwife it wasn't the year we thought it would be you know we got slammed Mm -hmm. we got the um the credit that we deserved but it was not in the way that we thought it would come it's Mm um it's quite bizarre how it all unfolded yeah but Yeah, there has to be a culture shift and that Mm. it's a multi-level culture shift. It's not just Mm. from the nurses, it's from the administration as well.
0: Mm. I think you raise a really valid point there. And when I think about nurses having deeper understanding of themselves and doing their values and their, their own vision, it brings me back to organizational vision and values, because if you look really closely at every healthcare organization, vision and values ethos, it is all about the patient. Yes, it is. There's never anything in there. You could spin it and say, well, respect means respect our nurses. But there is literally very few organizations that will very clearly articulate that by having good people and investing in our people, we will have improved patient outcomes. There might be a little paragraph down the bottom, but it's not filtered into and integrated into the key kind of vision or values of the organization. And I think that there needs to be a shift there, because I think that's where people can't relate. In my experience, where the staff go, well, what are these values? Where did they come from? Yeah, they might have consulted 5000 people, but were they all in you know, non-clinical roles that don't work on the floor and don't capture the, 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 you know, the huge workforce that nursing is? <laughs>
1: Yeah, they expect us to know the values, you know, when we go to interview. It's one Mm. of the questions you get asked. Yeah. But it's whether they are willing to help us align with the values Mm. or, Mm. you know, I think that's a better question for interview. You know, do your personal values align with the values of our hospital? Because if there's Mm. a misalignment, then... You're going to be banging your head off the wall and you're not going to feel like you're being valued or Mm. progressing in your career.
0: Definitely. And nurses that I work with and coach in that kind of career CV space, they say, well, I don't really have an option. I need to take this job and I'm like, oh, I understand that element, but also you might not be in alignment with where you need to go in the future. Like you need to stop and think, does this organization appeal to you based on their vision values and then the external media. Do you know, is there a, an article in the paper every week about how toxic the culture is? Mm. Or maybe you need to take that into consideration when you're applying for that role. So, long story short, there's lots lots that we could be doing in that space. Okay. In terms of yourself I love this question that Brené asks her people so I've pinched it what do you what do you need to keep relearning
1: what do I need to keep relearning that's interesting mm.
0: what's something you know but you need to keep telling yourself
1: over it's and that on. compassion you know yeah, yeah. it comes back to that <laughs> it's It's, Elena, remember, offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others. Like, I'm guilty of not doing it too. And Mm. that's not just in my nursing role. That's as a mum as well, you know. I think mums are, it's such a brutal role. We can be so hard on ourselves and compare ourselves to others. And yeah, so yeah, it's that Mm. compassion. I need to Mm. keep relearning.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how can people collaborate with you? Where can people find you? How can people get in touch with Happiness?
1: My website is happiness.com.eu The podcast is on all the major platforms if you want to listen to that. And you can contact me via the website or I'm on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn as well.
0: We're busy people we've got so many platforms we, oh, to keep
1: keep running oh my goodness we, when do we sleep that's a full time job in itself it
0: is it is full on it is absolutely and and when people reach out to you what what services do you offer people what what can they expect
1: I've got the podcast I do consulting work for organizations and create webinars and content relative to the department or the facility. I do limited one-on-one coaching now, just due to time. Mm. And yeah, I do workshops around the country. I'm excited to be doing my first one in Melbourne on the 14th of August. I'm collaborating with Lauren Bell, who's also another amazing nurse working in this space. So that's mm. exciting. Mm. And there's more dates coming soon. So Excellent. Yeah.
0: What's the workshop on?
1: it's called release professional anxiety and unleash your happiness oh i love that lauren does a lot of work on the professional anxiety space she's also a contributor to the anxiety relief handbook that we both Mm -hmm. contributed to Mm -hmm. so it's off the back of that that we're collaborating on this workshop so yeah it's all about that imposter syndrome that letting your boundaries being pushed, understanding your values, everything we've been talking about. Mm. So yeah, we're going to delve deep and it's a whole day in Melbourne.
0: I love that. I rudely have, I forgot to ask you about the book. We did mention it, I think, oh. earlier. Tell us about this book. Tell us about um, co-authoring, which is an, an amazing achievement to be a published author. Thank you. How does it feel?
1: It feels a bit surreal and it's funny. People are like, oh, get copies from me they're like can you sign it I'm like why why would I sign the book but yeah I do but yeah it's just one of those weird moments in life but no it was I loved doing it I loved writing it it's lovely to see my um, five aspects model in print because that's what I've written about I wrote my chapter is my journey through two burnout episodes I go into detail about what happened and how I was feeling and coming out the other side and how the happiness was created and then I break down that five aspects model and offer tools and strategies in it so yeah it's amazing to be published alongside 10 other amazing allied health practitioners there's hypnotherapists in there kinesiologists other coaches it's yeah it's incredible it's really exciting to be part of such a an awesome publication.
0: yeah i think and you know there's just such power in collaboration and you know we use it as one of those words in healthcare it's like holistic you know everything is holistic and patient-centered and collaboration becomes one of those words but It is amazing when you put yourself out there. So if there's any nurses that are thinking of doing something along these lines or thinking about writing a book or doing something, setting up a Facebook page, do it. There's so much help out there. There's this secret little community of nurses that we we all chat on LinkedIn and we all get linked into each other. And it's amazing. And it's good to know that you're not alone um, and to bounce ideas off people. So we're here to help if anybody needs any support or wants to come along and be part of it.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's all Mm. about collaboration. There's no competition because we've all got the same bigger vision and goal, Mm. what we want to achieve. So yeah, it's about promoting each other, lifting each other up. And the more people we see in the space, the more excited I get because yes, there's more people
0: joining. You know, I'm just waiting for the day that we have like a collective. I'm gonna put it out there so that we can manifest it—a collective conference where we all just come together and just offer everything that we have to offer. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my god wouldn't that be amazing can you
0: imagine oh yeah, my us
1: make it it's happen so good but
0: on that note elena thank you so much for your time this has been a long time coming so thank you for your patience thank you for your time and i'm absolutely in all of the work that you're doing so thank you so much and i know that this will help lots of people on their journey to becoming a more self-compassionate mm-hmm. happiness
1: Thank you so much. It's been wonderful chatting to you today, Liam. You're and welcome. your work is also awesome, what you do. I love how you help nurses progress in their career and help them set goals and achieve visions and, yeah, keep up the good work.
0: All part of the bigger plan for us all, isn't it? Sure. Elevate is. nursing practice and elevate the profession. Thank you so much for listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast. Please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. I would love you to join my online community of high-performance nurses. Join us on Facebook at Liam Caswell or check out my website at liamcaswell.com. Until next time, I have been your host Liam Caswell and I am truly grateful for the opportunity to help you build your high-performance nursing career. Be kind to yourself and stay forever curious.